Hello and welcome to the LCU Coaches Show, brought to you by the Shap Radio Sports Network and the LCU Podcast. You're tuned in to 99.1 Shap Radio, KLCTLP, Lubbock, Texas. I'm Nathan Carcino, and I have the pleasure of talking with head coach of LCU women's basketball, Steve Gomez. Coach, it's a big week ahead, so thank you for taking the time out to talk with us. Yeah, certainly. Going right to the end of the regular season and you know it's one of those situations you got to play well to keep advancing and uh, we, we just need to set ourselves up for the postseason this weekend absolutely before we look too far ahead we'll recap briefly the last two games on the road uh, from last week first it was a 66 to 58 win in Austin against St. Edwards on Thursday followed by a close loss to St. Mary's in San Antonio 49 to 47 less past Saturday so in that one on Thursday you mentioned last week that this might have been the first time that the team has played in Austin in quite a few years so what were some of your takeaways from the venue at SEU and then that performance against the Hilltoppers? Yeah, I'm really, uh, I mean, a weekend we knew was going to be tough on the road. It's quality opponents, you know, not looking at records. You got to play every game. And uh, it, we appreciate, you know, Raymond Richardson and some of the development people, they they went on the road and set up tailgates both games and created a great opportunity for us. Appreciate the, their efforts. And, you know, honestly, either game, we didn't play very well. I mean, we we split games, but played at a, a fairly low level. Uh, you know, we were behind both half times, and so you know, just getting the surviving on Thursday night at St. Edwards was important. I mean, every game is vital. Uh, so we we ended up we shot the ball decent enough. We didn't defend well on Thursday, and you know, we gave up some points, uh, but we shot over fifty percent from the field. So we scored enough to win, although it wasn't a complete performance. So uh, you know, but we're, we'll take every one we can get this time of the year. You want to survive each game and. Uh, Hopefully, we'll play better as we as we move forward. Like you mentioned, LCU went into that halftime break on Thursday, trailing by one, then outscored St. Edwards by nine the next two quarters. And not only offensively, but it feels like your team rose to the occasion defensively in that second half. So talk about some of that pressure and then allowing the, the Hilltoppers to only shoot 30% in the fourth quarter. That was really important. I didn't feel like we defended good the first half, so you're exactly right to come out the third quarter and and just limit the easier opportunities. Uh, we let them get in the lane pretty easy. Uh, so I, I felt like our second half defense was better. Uh, and, and again, fortunately, we shot the ball good enough to overcome some of those defensive lapses. But uh, yeah, giving up 34 points in a, in a half is is too much for us. We're Right now we're leading the conference in conference games in scoring defense, giving up 54 points a game. Uh, so we've got to continue to rely on that. And then hopefully shots will go in. That was an eight-point victory for Lubbock Christian for their 14th conference win. Then the Lady Shaps traveled to San Antonio for a matchup with the St. Mary's Rattlers, and it was just one of those days where it seemed like the shots weren't falling. But in a low-scoring affair, could you talk about just the shot creation within that flow of the offense, although they might not have gone in? Yeah, it's really very similar to uh, we played in Odessa uh, at UTPB, and Looking at the game, it's like we got every shot we wanted. I think that day we shot four of 25 from three and low from percentage from the field. And so this Saturday was real similar. I think we were four of 23 from three and just did not make shots. And again, I I wouldn't fault our players. Our shot selection was good and uh, low turnovers. I think we had 11 turnovers in that game. It's just a matter of the ball has to go in the basket uh, when you have those opportunities, we only give up 49 points. Might have been too much against them, but still, that's a low output for a team. So, 
for us to only score 47, you know, we're still, you know, really hunting ways that we can create more points because uh, you've got to make shots. It's called basketball. You have to make baskets. One of the factors you talked about was creating turnovers. And in these last two contests on the road, LCU forced at least 15. And that's now five straight games where you've hit that clip, turning the ball over, forcing turnovers on the other end. So how much of an emphasis and impact has that been on this team, especially this stage of the season? Yeah, really vital for us defensively to, you know, not create and cause a lot of turnovers by gambling, but by playing solid enough where they make mistakes. Earlier in the year, we were the ones that were turning the ball over a lot. We really, our turnover numbers were way too high in the first semester. I think right now in conference, we're only averaging 13 a game, and it's been really low recently. So that's a positive thing. I mean, to me, those are signs of really important growth. And then our defense, keeping teams low. And so once we combine low turnovers, good shooting percentage, and solid defense, that's when the game gets easy. And we've just got to find a way to do all those at the same time. So now this week marks the final two regular season games of the schedule. The Lady Shaps with a 19-8 and overall record at this point. And with it being rivalry week, LCU now square off the West Texas A&M in a home-and-home home series on Thursday and Saturday. So from a coaching perspective, since this has moved to this in-season or end-of-season format, uh, what advantages has it brought to you to play a team in back-to-back games like this? Yeah, I think it's uh, it was real interesting that year of COVID. You know, every weekend we did it. We played the same team twice and so it's not totally foreign to us you know after you know all year long we've seen them play because they always play the team before us so we're real familiar with them in terms of what they do it's just a matter of you know back-to-back games you you can't totally change strategy but hopefully you go into the first one with a good plan that hopefully will work and then you can tweak a little for the next time Uh, but again it's a common opponent you know good team Players that our players know, the familiarity there, uh, It's there's not going to be any surprises. It's just a matter of who plays better. Uh, very similar teams. I think their team, very talented, has had some great performances and have, have had some not-so-good performances. They haven't been extremely consistent, and uh, we've been the same way. So it really is an interesting end-of-year rivalry weekend to see. I mean, they could be two really great games. They could be two really sloppy games. I don't know. It's hard to know, but I think our girls will be ready and intense, uh, and they understand what's before them. So there'll be some heat in these games. Yeah, that is another interesting part of it is that scouting aspect that you mentioned where they have a similar lineup of uh, similar opponents throughout the course of the season. Um, so with that prior knowledge of some of their results against these teams, especially them going to 2-0 last weekend down in Austin, San Antonio, what are some things you're expecting from this first matchup on Thursday? Yeah, you know, I, again, I don't think either team is going to pull out a new offense or a brand new defense that they've never run before. Uh, you know, we expect them. They've got good size. They've got good shooting. You know, they're sort of streaky as well. They have some players that can, and they'll make four threes in a game or they may go 0 for 6. And th- that unknown is just, at this time of year, you sort of like it some years to think, I know what to expect. I think I know it. And so I think both of our teams are like, well, we'll see what happens. And so uh, sort of interesting. I guess it keeps it exciting. Uh, but I do expect, uh, you know, both teams to realize what's at stake heading into the conference tournament and then hopefully heading into maybe something else if we can – either team can really put a good run in here late in the year. So uh, very challenging weekend, but it's what you play the games for. I mean, you know, it's it's sports. and It never happens the way you think it is. So even going into these, 
of saying, yeah, I think I know what to expect. You got to be ready to adjust on the fly. Looking at WT's last game, the Lady Buffs knocked down 10 three-pointers in that second half, so it might have gone to your point of being streaky, and they certainly showed that on Saturday. They finished the game shooting 50% from deep. Um, what strategies do you think you're going to look to enforce this week in practice to try to mitigate that and then offensively try to get in your own rhythm? Yeah, that's, you know, for us, it's always, you know, stop transition and then no personnel, you know, no which of their shooters are the ones that if they make one, they might make four. And so you don't want to give them one good one to get them going early. Uh, you know, a number of their players shoot. It's not just one or two players that shoot the three. They have a lot that will shoot. And so it's a high awareness defensively. Uh, and then, you know, in transition, making sure we don't give easy buckets. When we set our defense, we always think if we can get our defense set, we have a really good chance of of getting multiple stops in a row. But it's when we bad shot selection or turnovers lead to really easier buckets. So some of our defense – relies on our offense too. At this final stage of the regular season, we've talked all season about the growth of this team, a lot of the veteran leadership that has been shown for a lot of quality minutes on the floor. What is something you're most proud of seeing and looking forward to see grow even more in the future of this team? Yeah, just to me, the, the joy of it is just the unity, the quality of kid and the quality of togetherness that we have. You know, in some years, if if games, if every, when everything's going well, it's easy to be together. You know, we've had a lot of ups and downs and an injury here and a, a bad performance and we think we're getting on a roll and then we don't. And, but through that all, just the joy of the team of being around each other in the hotels, on the bus, in the locker room, that's always what I'm most proud of is just who these kids are. Uh, they're just tremendous people. Uh, and we do, we want our quality of play to reflect and match the quality of people we have. And some, you know, sometimes it hasn't this year. And so that's why I need to keep figuring out what can I do to help us play to our level. We want to just be as good as we can be. And we have at times, and then at times we haven't. So, you know, I, I want to help figure that one out. I'm still searching. Absolutely. Well, this Thursday will serve as the final home game of the season for both of the squads. And there's uh, been some great support at the Rip Griffin Center from both the students and the community. So could you talk about that drive that it gives the team having that much energy and atmosphere in the Rip each weekend? And then what are you looking forward to again this week? Yeah, I was with, a, again, a rivalry game, you know, the, the close uh, opponent just up the road. You know, they have good support. So them, they'll, they'll have some fans there. But we've had tremendous just the students that have come out to the women's and the men's games, and they can, it makes a difference. Just that intensity, the the excitement, the pressure on another team, the encouragement for our team. Uh, we've just always had a good home court advantage, and I, I just appreciate it because we go to some places and there's not a lot of support for some teams that we've gone to play. And so, again, we have to create our own excitement in those situations. But at home, there's always a great pop. So we. In, would love to see some people out there this Thursday. Last one at home for the years, so it won't be until next November that uh, they'll get to see us play again. It's a 5.30 p.m. tip-off for LCU against WT this February 29th at the Rip Griffin Center, and then the Lady Shaps will be up in Canyon for a 1 p.m. tip-off for the regular season finale on March 2nd. If you can't make it out to the games, of course, you'll be able to tune in here and catch all the action live on the Shap Radio Sports Network. But, Coach, we appreciate your time this afternoon, and best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you very much, Nathan. That was head coach of Lady Shap Basketball, Steve Gomez. Stay tuned for more on the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 Shap Radio and the LCU Podcast.
We're back live with the LCU Coaches Show on 99.1 Shap Radio, KLCT, LP, Lubbock, Texas, and also on demand on the LCU Podcast. This is brought to you by the Shap Radio Sports Network. I'm Brennan Riker, and I am now joined by LCU Head Men's Basketball Coach Todd Duncan. Coach, how are you today? I'm good, Brennan. Thanks for this opportunity to be with you today. Well, thanks for coming back in another week. Um, let's get right into it. The Shaps are... 20 and 8 overall and 15 and 5 in Lone Star Conference play. Two games left in the regular season, and the Shaps are currently a lock for the Lone Star Conference tournament, which will be next week in Frisco, Texas. These conversations, I don't know if they've started yet, but for the sake of our audience, have there been any conversations in the locker room regarding postseason, or what is the message right now in the locker room? I mean, you know, things kind of come up organically where, uh, you know, you're just kind of aware to a certain degree maybe where you are, but uh, really you try to keep the focus on what's ahead of you, which is, you know, this game Thursday night and uh, really practice, this, you know, uh, just trying to get as as good as we can be and try to improve and try to be prepared for, um, you know, a high-level game on Thursday and Saturday and then – you know, after that, we can turn our attention to the to the Lone Star Conference tournament, and and hopefully beyond that. But uh, we still got to um, lock in on what's in front of us and uh, try to get um, as prepared as we can because it'll be a tall test. Last week we talked about individuals that returned from last year to this year, and we talked about how they have improved through the past two seasons. When you look at this team overall as a unit, what is the biggest difference from? this year's team to last year's team um last year we were probably pretty dependent on rowan and russell to get us a bucket um they were more than capable and uh definitely uh made some big time plays i'd say this year we spread it around a little more we you know we have some capable guys but we don't necessarily just point to one guy as the guy to take the shot or or make the play and uh you know, that's good in a sense, and, you know, it can create some challenges in another sense, but uh, maybe just spreading it out a little more. Um, we're just a different team. I mean, it's easy to make comparisons, or it's natural to. I don't know that it's always easy to because the team you put out there is different than, you know, you're playing different people. It's just a it's just a different animal. So, um, you know, those guys were great for us and helped us win. A lot of games make some big-time plays to, to put us in a position to get to the postseason. And uh, hopefully this, the guys this year can do the same. And, uh, you know, we can follow a similar pattern even maybe, though it might not, you know, might not be in the same way. But hopefully we can just find our way in the regional and, and a chance to keep playing meaningful basketball into March. Who would you say is the most improved player on this team? You know, that's a that's – a, Interesting way to look at something because it almost seems like a slight. You're almost saying they weren't good and now they are. Um, I mean, I'd think like a kid like Ty Caswell who set out two years to see him come in who was really good as a freshman and then just battled injuries and is after a two-year hiatus is getting, you know, playing huge minutes for us. It's great to see him back. I wouldn't necessarily call that improved, but just in terms of his health and and what he's able to do for us is a big advantage. 
Really, I think every guy's made some steps. Obviously, Tyrus has been a big piece. We didn't necessarily coach him in the, you know, in the previous year, so it's hard to, you know, in a different system evaluate maybe his development or improvement. Najib's gotten better. Um, you know, Aaron Gonzalez continues to just be steady and solid. So, uh, I would think that hopefully, you know, every kid has made some improvement. That's what one thing we try to emphasize is. You know, if each guy gets a little better, our team gets, you know, collectively significantly better. And uh, it's coach speak to a sense, in a sense, but it's 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 true and it's something that we um, try to communicate to our guys, like, you know, continue to, to develop and improve because you're, you're just making our team better. One guy that has performed at a high level when he – really started doing this late last season and has continued to do so. We talk about him a lot on the coaches show, but point guard Najee Muhammad. I mean, he scored in double figures in four consecutive games, continuing to dish the ball well, 3.4 assists per game. When the ball is in his hand, how confident are you in the Shaps' ability to execute? Well, we depend on him a lot. Um, We put a lot on his shoulders. Um, we're asking him not just to lead the team, but sometimes to to go get us baskets, to to play a lot of different roles, wear a lot of different hats. Sometimes he's a scoring guard. Sometimes he's a facilitator. We definitely need him defensively to to do a good job on one of the you know the other team's key players. Um, so I mean he's you know he's kind of like the quarterback. He's the guy with the ball. He's the guy that gets other people going. Um, he's just a solid, steady person. Um, he never gets too high. He never gets too low. Um, he's always got a smile on his face. He's a great young man. He's extremely coachable. Um, he desires to be as good as he can be. So he lets you really just try to try to coach him and get the most out of him every day we're out there, which as a coach is just something you really appreciate about a young person's maturity that they, they're, you know their goals are the same as yours they just want to be the best they can be in this window of time they have to be that so that's what we try to focus on is just um trying to get him as as good as he can be in this time that we have with him and uh he's embraced that and i think it it shows in his performances and those numbers that you mentioned looking at how the shaps performed last week on the court lc was on the road for two games last week they were in Austin on Thursday facing St. Edwards and then in San Antonio on Saturday to play St. Mary's. Looking at Thursday's game against St. Edwards, the Shaps fell 91 to 84, but this game was much closer than what the score indicated. LSU kept fighting back and fighting back throughout this game despite the hot shooting from the Hilltoppers. They shot 51% from the field and 54% from three. What did you see in this game against St. Edwards? Well, we just uh, battled and uh, could never get over the top. They kept having answers every time we'd make a run. I think we had it to two once or twice with the ball. Um, Just never could quite, you know, get over the hump and then had to take some chances late, foul. They're, you know, one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country. And, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you're just kind of having to take some chances and it didn't work out for us. But, yeah, that game was – in some sense, a little closer than the final score, although they, you know, kind of had a eight to ten point lead for a lot of that game, but we were just able to keep it within reach and and make a run and and give ourselves a chance late, and just unfortunately couldn't get over the hump and 
you know, they they showed what kind of team they are. We knew, I mean, those games are always battles. Um, they do a great job of of executing, and um, they just made some, you know, some timely baskets and got to the foul line late. And um, they're they're a tough guard. Um, they showed the next game by beating WT. You know what? You know that they're a legitimate team. So, uh, you know, not that we question that, but I mean that just confirms what we already knew. And uh, then you know we go to St. Mary's and we kind of got to regroup and find a way to 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 win on the road on a Saturday against a very talented team. So I was pleased that we were able to to get our focus back to to take that tough loss and and uh, you know amnesia as I've said before. Just we gotta we gotta focus on the task at hand right now. As as disappointed as we are in this outcome, you know we gotta we gotta regroup and get ready to win this game. We can't. We can't, uh, you know, get on this bus and and go down zero and two on this trip. And and I think a lot of people can kind of look at that St. Edwards team. They do have some big wins, and they, you know, they have some losses. So for someone to outside on the outside, they could they could kind of question it. But at, also at the same time, when you look at competing in the Lone Star Conference, it doesn't matter what anyone's record is entering you know, a Thursday or Saturday, it's got to be your A game, 100% effort, because anyone can catch fire at any given moment. And every, almost every team in this league probably boasts some of the top talent in the country. Yeah, every night is a, for teams like us, where we just feel like our margin is small, we have to be locked into so many different things. And so, there are very few scores that surprise me, even if what it, it might, like you said, be considered an upset to to outsiders. I mean, we're watching the tape. You know, we're scouting the players. Like, we know how good the coaches are in our league. We know how good the players are. And uh, the margin is, is very small. So if you show up and you aren't locked in and prepared and ready to play, um, there's a good chance you're, you're not going to win that game. And uh, – so there's never a night that we, you know, make an assumption that this is going to be an easy game or this is a game we should win. Uh, just done it too long and, and know too well how these things work. And, you know, that's what makes college basketball such a great game as you see it all over the country at all levels, um, especially in conference play where you're playing people you're familiar with. You're seeing them all year when you're scouting other teams. So there aren't too many surprises. And, uh, you know, you catch a team on a wrong night and, uh, you know, you got to be you got to be ready. And uh, I think a lot of success for most of the teams in our league is just can you win the close games? We're talking with LCU head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan here on the LCU coaches show. You mentioned that win against St. Mary's on Saturday. That was 86 to 70. And that was a very well-rounded performance. Tyrus Morton, 24 points. Ethan Duncan, 23. And. The solid guys we talk about all the time, Najib and Aaron Gonzalez, they each chipped in with 11. Uh, Kurt Wagscheider, nine points off the bench. So it was a really well-rounded game for a game being played on the road. And playing on the road is uh, extremely tough in this league. Uh, What did you like from the Shaps in this one? I think our focus at the beginning was good. We uh, got off to a good start. We were moving the ball well, um, knocking down some shots that we didn't the night before. And I just thought we had a focus to us that was that was good. Started uh, Friday, 
in our practice, um, Saturday in our shoot-around, um, just the attention to detail. You know, we always talk, you know, you always want to get better. Sometimes a loss just uh, clarifies some things and points out some things that uh, are just obvious reasons you don't win, and we had to correct those as quickly as we could, even though we're playing a different opponent. You, you're glad that you get this chance to get back on the court, and and uh, even though you know you know you're playing a tough team, the opportunity to go um, try to be better is is what makes athletics great, and um, you know that's that's what that's why you want to play as long as you can, because when the season ends, you don't get that chance again, and uh, while you still have time to get better and improve, you want to make take advantage of the days that you have um, together and on that court. And uh, every day is a privilege to get to be a coach and to get to be a player. And we never want to take that for granted. Our effort, our focus, our concentration uh, need to reflect that we understand that privilege. And uh, and we, we talk about that a lot. All right, Coach, let's look ahead to this week. It's the Talk Around Campus, a rivalry week in the Lone Star Conference. And LCU will host a top five team, West Texas A&M, Thursday at the Rip, and then the Shaps will travel Canyon, travel to Canyon on Saturday to play the Buffalo. So back to back games against West Texas A and M. WT uh, is uh, twenty five and two overall, nineteen and one in Lone Star Conference play. They've already secured the Lone Star Conference regular season, and this is a team that you've seen pretty much a lot this season because as WT is our travel partner. You get to see them a lot in film whenever you're preparing for um, your upcoming opponent. So you've already seen them a lot. They were in Lubbock at the beginning of the season for the D2 CCA tip-off classic. So what makes this team a really good team? Well, they've uh, been the standard for this region and, and, you know, a top team in the country for, for as long as I can remember now. And, you know, you know, going into this last weekend, this is a game that's uh, gonna have. You're gonna have to be at your best if you're gonna have a chance to beat them. So um, every year, uh, just kind of marvel at at how they continue to to lose great players and and continue to stay at the top. I mean, they do a great job in their recruiting. They do a great job in just um, how they play the game. They just uh, are very difficult to guard. They do a great job defensively. Um, they're just well ran. I mean, there's a reason that, you know, uh, we'll find out, but they've been number one, you know, for over a month now. And so, uh, you know, a team that's been to the Elite Eight, that's been at the top of our league for for um, a long time now. So we, uh, we've we battled them in the past, had some great contests with them, and uh, you just you, – there's no margin against them. They have great playmakers, great shooters, great post players. Um, they just those guys that come off the bench play their roles well. They're well coached. Um, they're not going to beat themselves, so you're going to have to play great if you're going to beat them. Head coach Tom Brown enters his tenth year as the head coach at WT. Again, has done a really fantastic job in ten years at the helm up there in Canyon. When you when you think of his teams, what immediately comes to your mind? Well, they don't beat themselves. They're shot makers. They uh, create extra possessions every game. They do a great job by not turning it over. They get extra possessions on the offensive glass. You know, they try to turn you over with their defensive pressure, and it's not necessarily a press, but, I mean, they're 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 so talented offensively that sometimes their defense could get overlooked. I mean, they're just 
they're just well-rounded. I mean, there's not a weakness that you can point to and say, let's try to exploit that. I mean, your guys just have to be on their game. You've got to um, be locked in for the whole possession. When the ball goes up, you better find somebody to, to block out. I mean, you just – you're going to have to beat them. They're not going to give you anything. And uh, that's kind of been the trend, and, and we've seen that. And, uh, you know, we have to uh, – be as focused as we can be that's really what it comes down to uh they're somewhat simple in their approach i mean they just get you in space um they take advantage of mismatches and uh they just do a good job of exploiting weaknesses and taking advantage of where they have um the strength and um all you know all around it's just a, a high level team so you know at some point because of the way D2 is with the regional with the with the Lone Star Conference tournament if you want to if you want to win at a high level at some point you're going to have to go through WT. One of the impressive things about this team is you know they 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 brought some, brought back some good returners but last season they lost guys like Julius Brown, Damian Thornton and Addison Wallace who did a really good job last season for them. And now this year it's Larry Wise, 19.7 points per game. And then right behind him, Zach Toussaint, a guy that feels like he's been in this league forever now. He's been in there as long as I can remember. But how do you slow down guys like uh, Toussaint and Wise? Yeah, I don't don't think there's been an answer for that yet. I mean, you just got to make their touches – you know, as tough as they can be, you got to make their shots as contested as they can be, and you got to understand that they're still going to make them some plays. I mean, they uh, finish at a high level. They're very efficient. Um, they complement each other with their spacing, with their ability individually to make plays on their own, with their low post game. Um, so there's going to be times you're just going to be found in a one-on-one situation, and you got to stand your ground, and you got to you got to compete. You know, there's when there's opportunities to to make it a little tougher on them, then we have to, to, to seize those as well. And then offensively, you got to value the ball and, and hope you can knock down your share of shots as well. So just play as clean a game as you can. Hopefully you can execute at a high level and, and just uh, make it as hard on them as you can. Um, but even in doing that, knowing that, you know, that's been every team that's played them is probably, you know, I don't think we see anything that no one, that someone else doesn't. Um, but saying it's one thing, doing it is, is completely um, a different situation. So um, those are those are high level guys. They're they've wanted a high level for a long time, as you mentioned. And uh, there's you know good teams have good players, and each year year in year out, that's what they've had. Well, Thursday night it will be senior night for the Chaparrales, and that'll be senior night for Kurt Wegschreiter, who has been with this program uh, since last season. Coach, what can you say about him and his? time here at LCU and how impactful he has been wearing the blue and white well Kurt's just a special young man we got to know him a little bit during COVID when UNM came here and kind of had their bubble here so to speak because the state of New Mexico had shut down and so they were using our gym to practice and uh, just through those interactions we didn't necessarily get to know Kurt but we were familiar with him seeing him out there and uh, being, you know, had some relationships on that staff that when he became available, you know, it was a connection that we had. He had already been on our campus, been in our gym, and and it just, uh, it was, it was an, you know, a situation where we were able to communicate and 
and kind of quickly get up to speed with him and in the recruiting process. When Once you get to know his story, Central Republic of Africa, um, that country went through uh, uh, basically a genocide where he and his family were lifted out because they're French citizens. The French government came in and, and lifted them out when he was a young man. Um, from there, he goes to NBA Africa, Academy of Africa, um, ends up in uh, New Mexico from there. So he speaks three languages. He's going to get his degree in business administration. Um, he's got a, a tremendous family who's who's supporting him from a long ways off. So just to see this kid who's been in another country, who's lived a life that none of us will really ever no, thankfully, you know, some of the things that he's been through and he's seen, and yet every day he shows up, he works hard, he's been through injuries, he's been battling stuff this year, and he just keeps competing. He, You know you're going to get his very best every time he steps on the floor. He's a humble kid. Um, he's just a kid that, you know, as you coach, you just say, you know, that's, that's why I coach, because I get to meet young people like this. I get to be around them. I get to be a part of their lives hopefully have an imprint in their in their life, but also they've impacted me. So, um, you know, it'll be a sad day when we don't get to walk down there and coach Kurt in practice and see him in games. But, yeah, we realize this, um, this timeline in their life where they get to play basketball short, so we just want to maximize the opportunities we left and or we have left, and hopefully we can um, play as long as we can with Kurt, and uh, hopefully he'll – have a good finish to his season and his career at LCU. That's so awesome how you mentioned his story because I had never heard his story about uh, his story about his homeland. But that that's so awesome that you that you get to mention that in his story. And I think people can oftentimes overlook you know people's stories because sometimes they can just see someone as a basketball player and then kind of forget the human side to their story. So thank thank you for sharing that coach. That was really special. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, I think uh, there was a Gatorade commercial or something a few years ago. Like every kid is a kid from, you know, is just a kid from somewhere. Um, Every superstar, every player, they have a journey, they have a story and uh, not many of them are as dramatic as his. Um, but yet, every kid um, is on a on a unique path, and I think when you can a locker room is a melting pot of so many different backgrounds and families and societies and cultures that that's the beauty of this game that it can bring all those together. Well, finally, before we go, uh, we also want to mention that uh, Dustin Driscoll will be honored Thursday night. He has served uh, LC Athletics as an athletic trainer for twenty two years, and thing another thing is a lot of people. There's a lot of unsung heroes in athletics across the board, college, high school, pro, whatever. But there's so much that goes into serving teams across the country. And Dustin Driscoll is one of those guys that has poured a lot into this program. What can you say about his service to LCU Athletics? Well, you said it right when you said unsung heroes. Guys behind the scenes, they're putting in the same hours, if not more, than coaches. Um, they've got more than just a, a team of athletes. They've got every athlete on this campus is dependent on them it, when they're not just injured, but sometimes when they're sick, um, they're dealing with, they're uh, counseling them in the way in the training room. They're nursing them. They're challenging them. They're rehabbing them. 
they're involved in so many facets of these kids' lives. A lot of time they're while they're in there get, doing a rehab or taping ankles, they're um, they're connecting with the kids. So you in a in a in a different way, and so you need their loyalty, you need their their work ethic, you need their expertise. Um, they're looking out for the best interest of the kid, but they also have to navigate that fine line between the coach and getting them back and ready to play. And, you know, there's just so many dynamics. And when Dustin started, LCU had four programs. Now we have 16. He recently uh, received a great opportunity to go into the medical field. And, uh, you know, as much as we we miss him, we're grateful that he has this this opportunity that's, that's great for him and his family. Um, but we just thought it was right to honor him. We've been looking for a date that we can do that. And uh, 22 years of service anywhere um, is is noteworthy. But when you when you look at it as the the trainer part, he was you know all the I, it's countless. I try to think of how many athletes that he probably worked with, you know, impacted, and it it's it's truly countless. I mean, I think we have over 300 athletes on our campus right now, and so you just take that times all those years, and uh, it's significant. And so just want to honor those who deserve honor. And he's definitely one that does his family as well. Cause just like you said, for every coach trainer, uh, there's a, there's a family at home <laughs> that's sacrificing so that they can be there for us. So we're just uh, thankful that we get to do that. Um, you can never really thank him enough, but we want to do something um, in a way that at least acknowledges to the public and to Dustin that we're grateful for all he's done for us. And he's a good friend. He's a confidant. He's a guy you could go to, and, and he's just a friend, really. I mean, he's not just somebody you work with. He's a guy that, you know, you see their kids grow up. He sees yours. I mean, if you needed something, you could call him at any time, and, and he'd be the guy that would be there to help you. So uh, thank you for asking about him, and, and glad we get to honor him Thursday night. Coach, is there anything else that you would like to add or, or share with the Shap Nation before we go? You know, I just am grateful that, um, you know, we're going to have a hopefully a great turnout. You know, obviously it's a big game because, A, it's on our schedule. B, it's near the end. And C, you know, we're playing a, you know, potentially, you know, number one or top two or three team in the country, whatever the number next to their their name is. I mean, they're they're right up there at the top. And uh, so it's a great challenge for us. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll perform well, but just appreciate the band, the cheerleaders, all those people that are behind the scenes, the, the SIDs, you know, the, the student, um, you know, uh, group on campus that just, just promote that, make these athletes feel special when they come to their games and, and make it a great atmosphere. So um, Thursday night, Saturday will be big up there. Um, just hopefully we can finish strong and, uh, go as long as we can this postseason. Coach, thank you for your time. Yeah, always enjoy, Brennan. That was head men's basketball coach Todd Duncan of the LCU Chaparrales. Again, LCU will play West Texas A&M Thursday at home, and the women will get things started off at 5.30 p.m., and then the men will play at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available at lcuchaps.com. If you can't make it out to the RIP, be sure to tune in to 99.1 FM and chapradio.com with pregame coverage starting Thursday at 5 p.m. Then, of course, Saturday's matchups in Canyon will start with the women at 1 p.m. and the men at 3 p.m. 
And that game will also be heard on the Shap Radio Sports Network coverage starting at 12.30 p.m. Saturday. We will see y'all at the RIP Thursday night. Y'all have a good night and God bless.